Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to Trucking Answers, the podcast where we come to you only through your ear hole. And eight out of ten people living on the street in refrigerator boxes in San Francisco agree that this is the best way to receive a podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Mark, your Trucking Answers podcast host, and I'm here with Orange Tabby Gracie, who's sleeping nearby but ready at any moment to give her opinion on the news of the day, all right? So we're in 34 countries now, and uh, today we're going to feature Israel. Israel is the featured country, one download in Israel, so I appreciate that. If you're in another country and you're downloading this podcast, which another country would be somewhere outside the United States, hey, why don't you shoot me the old email of Rooney there, mark at truckinganswersnation.com, and say, hey, Here's where I am, Mark, and uh, I'll put a pin on the globe uh, map that I have, and we'll uh, we'll count you as a listener. I appreciate it, and tell me how you heard about the podcast. So, um, you know, I have a Trucking uh, Answers YouTube channel. I'm on all social medias uh, that are anything, so if you need to find me, uh, I'm out there. I wanted to get that started because trucking, you know, trucking has become a cesspool and the longer it goes on in some in some sectors, right? Some sectors and I want to get that changed. The only way to change something as I always say is to take action. So I'm taking action. I'm taking action. I'm calling places out and uh, we're going to do what we can here to get trucking and make it better for everybody. I think that's going to help the industry. It's going to help drivers and basically should help everybody so um, by the way i'm back from paternity leave i was out on unannounced paternity leave as the country fell apart and uh, so done breastfeeding and all done with that <laughs> that's pretty good and you know with all that is going on now is the time to take some kind of action now's the time for you to take action on what exactly you're doing so are you going to do that that's the question with all that's happening in trucking now is our chance and I was here about strikes or whatever. Look, I was in Meyer the other day. They don't have anything. Cat food nearly out, right? Toilet paper all gone except Meyer brand, which I thought was pretty funny. There was plenty of that left. All the rest of them were all gone completely. Not a square to be had for Elaine. Uh, before I go on, I should say we're going to have uh, some trucking news, some automotive news, and in the third half of the show, we're going to have yet another reason we're not on Mars. Do you know we do not live on Mars? Do you know why that is? Because there's a bunch of idiots here on the uh not just here in the United States, but all over the world. So uh, we'll have that reason. But, you know, here, looking back at this, getting paid for all your time seems to be the greatest thing. But, you know, what people write to me, well, they go, well, look, Mark, I make ninety dollars or $100,000 a year over the road, but I have to wait two hours here or two hours there. And you really have to do the math on that kind of thing. Is 26 an hour plus overtime for all your time better than, you know, 100000 a year? It depends. You know, it depends. What's the overall number at the end of the year? What is that number at the end of the year, especially over the road? Now, I'd, I like the hourly just because it puts uh, the the burden, basically, on the company to get you moving. And I think that drivers would be more likely to run legal and log everything. <laughs> Look, if you knew you were only going to get paid if you logged something, you'd log it. All right? You certainly, well, you'd sit there. You'd log it. Everything would be logged. You'd run legal. There'd be probably less speeding, although I don't know about that. Because in Indianapolis especially, it seems like everybody is speeding. There is hardly a truck going the speed limit. So, uh, or anywhere. It's, I have to believe some of those drivers are getting paid by the hour. So, I don't know if it would slow people down or not. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
why people speed, especially if they're getting paid for their time, but it does seem to happen there, so I don't know if that would help. At the end of the day, you have to determine how much you make because there's two hours and then 25 an hour, and there's also four hours, $12 an hour, and then there's no detention at all. So what is the number at the end of the year versus how much time it took you to make that money? That, I think, is the thing. Would also simplify a check. All right, there's some checks, there's 12, 15 different columns of things that you get paid. Here's $2 for this, $27 for that. All would simplify that. Hours times money equals pay. Simple. Simple. And it seems like then you wouldn't be getting hosed as much because you get those questions a lot. And it takes uh, some really investigating into some of them to figure out if a driver got paid what they're supposed to be getting paid. The more complicated the check is, the more likely you won't even necessarily get hosed on purpose. Okay, it can be just a mistake and you don't even know it because the check is so hard to figure out. When you get a line in there that says L7317 and it pays $12, what does that mean? You have to call payroll and figure it out. I just think hourly would be a simpler way to do it. And you'd be more likely to not mind doing shorter runs, all that kind of stuff. Salary would work out the same because you'd know what you'd get uh, paid every week. And really, that salary should be paid every week. You're, they say, all right, you're going to make you know, 90000 1800 a week. And they just say, look, we'll just pay you this every week. As long as you don't take any extra time beyond what you've earned or whatever, you get that. That's a better way to do it also. But right now, if you feel like you are not being paid properly, start making some phone calls. Okay, see what you can get. If you're out there getting, you know, in the 40s, certainly cents, uh, it's certainly worth calling. If you are not being treated the way you want to be treated, make some calls. If you aren't getting home when you want to get home, make some calls. And I'll look, be frank with the place. Hey, you promised I'd be home Friday. Why am I not home? Why am I in Montana? Uh, and I'm due home in six hours in Illinois. What is happening? You know, the companies can't do this to you anymore. You have options. If you'll keep a clean record and have a little bit of experience, certainly a year, you have options on what you can do. You don't have to tolerate them saying, well, too bad we don't have a load or whatever. We'll say, well, you know what? You also don't have a driver now. There's no reason to tolerate it anymore with the way it is. And this these times may not come back for some time or ever we don't know you know when uh you know strike when the iron is hot how many ever hear that am i the only one uh, i guess because it used to be a blacksmith so uh we used to say that all the time around the blacksmithing place that i used to work blacksmith incorporated so uh that's part of what we did there <laughs> right so Look, I want to talk about this guy in this accident, uh, I-70. I talked about this on my award-winning live show that goes every Monday at 12.30 p.m. This guy, I want to put this out everywhere. Remember that accident 2019 came down that hill 80-some miles an hour? They actually said 85 in the article. Missed a couple of ramps and killed a bunch of people then at the at uh, the bottom. There was a bunch of stop traffic, as always, on I-70 in Colorado, Silverthorne area. Convicted. 27 counts he will be sentenced december 13th except it's separate sentencing my wife who is a big uh, legal hound about all this kind of stuff uh, gave the information that they don't do the sentencing on the same day apparently as the uh, guilty verdict so he's back in jail and he will be sentenced on december 13th i didn't understand this now i'm not a lawyer people may be surprised to hear that but uh, i'm not but i thought for sure on this case, because of all the camera footage and stuff, the video of it, that he would at least take a plea. And for all I know, 
uh, you know, he was offered a plea and turned it down. You know, they may have said, look, you plead to uh, whatever, you know, and he, because ultimately it's up to him because he's the one that's got to serve the sentence out. So his own lawyer might have said, look, take this. And he goes, I'm not taking it. We're going to go to trial on this. I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, I'd be surprised if something wasn't offered. Either way, I mean, this these 27 counts, this is long term in there for what he says is, look, there was a mechanical problem with the truck. The thing is, there's nothing left of the truck. If you've seen a picture of it because of the intense fire, there's just basically a frame. There's nothing left for them to examine. So of the truck, there's nothing left to it. And that's what happened to several of the vehicles. And uh, I think it's terrible, of course. Mira Joshi. Have you ever heard of her? You're going to hear more about her. She's going to, I think, become the head of the FMCSA. She's the acting head now. And they're going to have a vote here soon. I think she'll be appointed. There's really no reason why they wouldn't appoint her. And uh, she is be perfect and go right in the footsteps of other people that have headed the FMCSA because she has no driving experience at all, no trucking experience. She's not been in the trucking industry in any way. She is, of course, an attorney and uh, served at several private firms and then was the attorney for the New York State Department of Corrections. So that's how apparently you get to head the FMCSA. Then she went into what's called public service, you know, where she gets hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to be a public servant. She will head the FMCSA. It is likely that she will get uh, passed, that she'll get voted in. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't do it. So I think that's who we're going to be seeing around from uh, the FMCSA. Absolutely. Now, J.B. Hunt reported 87% increase in uh, their revenue, income streams over there. And I wanted to put this out there, and I'm not really calling them out per se, other than they just posted their numbers because they're public, so we can look at those numbers. So a year ago, if you wanted to keep up with this, this is from year over year, okay? So if you're making 50 cents for them a year ago, you should be making 93.5 cents a mile now just to keep up with the numbers that they say they're getting on their loads. Or did that happen for you? A year ago, if you were making sixty cents a mile for them, you should be getting a buck twelve point two cents a mile for our uh, for JB Hunt at the just to keep up with the rate they say they're getting. They had record record revenues, record income, and record profits. So it isn't like they're uh, hurting for money over at that place. Where will that money go though? Uh, to the fat cats up at the top, right? Is anybody making a buck twelve point two over there? Any company drivers? I doubt it. I doubt it. Maybe you are. Write to me. Hey, Mark, I make a dollar thirty-five a mile as a company driver here. Okay, I'd like to see that on their uh, website somewhere where they post that. You know, that's another thing about these companies running ads. Oh, great pay! And there was one just the other day. People were actually asking him in the end, well, what's uh, what's the pay? Well, please contact us for the pay. Why don't you just tell people what the pay is? All right, why are you afraid to tell uh, people what the pay is? So that's the other thing about that. But if you're not making that kind of money, then you are not sharing in the um, benefit that they are getting. They're not giving it to you. They can say they love you and the people are heroes. All, all I'm saying is that's just actually the increase in your revenue that would just correspond with their increase. That's not even a raise. That's how much extra they're getting. That's how much extra you should be getting. But that's not how it is working. Is it? Is it? All right. 
So we need to fact check some of these port things that you drivers, you people, maybe not you personally, but drivers have been posting. And um, a lot of it just simply isn't true. It's just scare tactics. Okay. And it's just ridiculous. If drivers want to, uh, you know, complain about the news isn't true. Oh, this is all fake news. Then you need to post also what is true. So they've been talking about the ports being all jammed up, okay, like somebody who ate a bunch of fiber over the last three days. And what has happened here is drivers, the first thing that they're posting, well, because of AB5, it, it banned owner-operators from California. That's absolutely not true. That has nothing to do with anything. It's actually still in the courts, AB5. We don't have a complete final settlement on this yet, and nobody's been banned from anywhere yet. So to say that's because uh, owner operator owner operators, by the way, are a very small percentage of the overall trucking industry, small, less than 10 percent. So even if they were all banned, it wouldn't uh, be as big a deal as owner operators would like you to think it is. But owner operators not banned out of anywhere and posting that kind of thing isn't true. It simply isn't true. And it doesn't ban you from owning a truck and uh, going and getting your own authority. That's what you should be doing anyway bans people from being misclassified illegally. Nothing wrong with that. Another person posted that, well, California, you know, all these crazy people, and starting in 2035, all diesel-powered trucks are banned, and so that's a problem. All right, and this is not true on several fronts. Number one, it isn't 2035 yet by my calendar. All right, so even if that statement was true, that wouldn't affect anyone today. All right? But what happens, what is proposed in California is that in 2035, light, new light truck sales would be prohibited for internal combustion engines. And class eight trucks, which is most of us, including one listener in Israel, would be 2045. All right. And that only bans sales of new vehicles. All right, that are not alternatively powered. So it would ban diesel-powered new Class 8 sales in 2045. Now, let me ask you this honestly. Even if that law was completely in effect, do you think that would affect the ports today in 2021? No. All right, no, it wouldn't. And that, by the way, is only for new truck sales. So if you bought a truck in 2024, you could still drive it in 2045 and 2055 and everything else. All right. You absolutely could. It only bans the sale of new trucks. And you can buy an alternative fuel truck like natural gas or something, which there'll be more of those. And in fact, there's some of those running around here right now. We have these natural gas trucks. They sound weird. <coughs> But uh, they already have them. And so it's not like it's something that couldn't, uh, it wouldn't happen. We'll figure something out by then. Believe me. Or, you know, Trucking Answers 2045 will have a solution when that law comes into effect. But that certainly wouldn't affect anybody today, would it? All right. So don't say, well, because trucks are going to be banned 20 years from now, that's why the ports are jammed. That, that has nothing to do with anything. All right. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. Uh, the other thing, actually, <laughs> J.B. Hunt came out with this, too. They said, uh, they interviewed uh, J.B. Hunt and said, well, you know, the vaccine mandate is really going to hurt the trucking industry. And what they said at J.B. Hunt is there are 3.5 million truck drivers in the United States that will be impacted by this. The, again, fact-checking, not true. 
There are 3.5 million licensed CDL holders in the United States. Do you see the difference in those two statements? Because someone holds a CDL license does not mean they currently drive a truck. Some of them don't drive at all. They just still have their license. Some are motor coach operators, school bus drivers, class B, right? Straight truck drivers, spotters, right? There are a lot of different, uh, you know, they're not all over the road drivers. In fact, there are about 700, 800,000 of those people are over the road drivers. That's all there are over the road, believe it or not. There's less than a million. The majority of truck drivers, majority, by far, about about twice as many, 1.6 million uh, or so truck drivers are are uh, LTL or home daily drivers. And that's what you see mainly on the roads, right? Our day cabs and a lot of people even home daily in a sleeper like I am currently in a current sleeper. So the uh, vast majority are home daily. But even so, 3.5 million licensed CDL holders is not the same as 3.5 million drivers. That is a total different story. And I'm curious about that. If it came down to it, you can write me and let me know. <clears throat> would you really say, I will be fired before I will feed my family and take and take a, a shot? Maybe that I don't want, maybe for whatever reason, but I'll get fired. I'm curious about that. Would somebody, and I'm seeing people do it. This uh, what's his face? That guy, and I can't think of him because it's a sports guy, right? You know, but of course he's got made millions of dollars already. Police, uh, some police nurses. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe some will. But uh, to say there's 3.5 million, that's absolutely not true. There are 3.5 million licensed CDL holders. That does not make them truck drivers. Some don't drive at all. So I saw this. Um, some goober, right? Because remember what I always say, when you own a Tesla, you are required immediately, apparently, to post videos about how great it is. Uh, you know, some, something they put in there in the, probably in the plastics that they make the inside of the car out with, you're required to post videos. So a guy posted and actually made some of the news here about how much savings there is if you buy a Model Y, that people don't realize a Model Y, he said. People don't realize, yeah, the higher cost, is part of it but you'll save all that money in gas because you don't have to buy gas obviously because you just plug the thing in okay so and what he said is in his first year he drove 15,000 miles which is a lot by the way the DOT says the average vehicle goes 9,936 miles per year in the United States so uh, that's excess miles in my view it cost him four hundred thirty six dollars $436 to go 15,000 miles. And he goes, and see, that's where all the savings is in this vehicle. So the Model Y, which I did a video about this on my uh, car channel that I have, uh, comparing the Model Y to our Escape. Because why? <laughs> that's funny. They are the same size. They're very close, within inches of each other. And so I thought that's a perfect comparison to the Escape. So his Model Y was 56 thousand dollars all right and our highly optioned escape was forty thousand dollars all right sixteen thousand dollars different and you need to get a highly optioned one to compare because the model y comes with a lot of stuff all right so it has the tailgate all, all that stuff same uh set up the same 
So he spent four to thirty-six dollars. Now I figure I would spend around twelve hundred dollars to go that far at thirty miles to the gallon in the Escape. And uh, yeah, okay, he's faster zero to sixty. Remember when you do that, you spend more in electricity. So he spent you know seven hundred and sixty-four dollars in that year more in. I spent seven hundred and sixty-four dollars more in gas than he spends in electricity. Congratulations. Now what? Well, he said his tires are about ready to be replaced, which is not unusual because you, people don't realize an electric car, it's heavy. That Model Y is 5,000 pounds, 4,800 pounds. It ruins the tires, and the extra torque also ruins the tires. My tire's still looking good. I'm at uh, 12,000-something miles on it. So the thing is, I'll never save $16,000 in gas. You know, so he can say what he wants about that. It would take me forever, 700. It's going to take 20 years to break even on that car. That's what people don't realize because of the high purchase price. Yes, you save on gas. Congratulations. It's $16,000. And remember, Teslas do not qualify for federal tax um, savings because they've sold enough of them. So they don't qualify for that $7,500. You don't get that on it. So it's sixteen grand more. So there's no way, unless you keep the thing 20 years, you finally broke even 20 years from now, in 2041, you're like, oh, finally, I'm at break even, 800,000 miles on the car, whatever. That's the thing of it. You know, it takes 300,000 miles to break even. Don't be fooled uh, by people that are eating the Tesla, you know, um, you know, porridge that they're pouring on you, that it's some kind of great deal. It's, when it's that much more money, you can do better. Just you can save money by buying a gas car. Still, you still can, no matter what uh, they say. Kawasaki, did you see this? This is two wheeling for people that are uh, Motor Week fans. Uh, two wheeling, they're gonna have an electric gas hybrid motorcycle based on the Ninja Four Hundred. Oh my gosh, is this what we need? A more complicated motorcycle? Do motorcycles get so such poor fuel mileage that? Uh, we have to hybrid these things up. I had a KZ400 years ago. It got 70 miles to the gallon. And I don't know what a Ninja 400 gets. Probably good mileage. It's only a 400, same as my KZ400. So, But it's going to be electric gas hybrid, and it's going to be an automatic because they said there's no way to do it with um, a manual. That's part of the joy of driving a motorcycle, really, was the six-speed uh, six manual. But uh, this electric gas hybrid, no uh, idea what it's going to cost yet. So that's what we want to do. Make a, what would be a simple two-cylinder motorcycle into something super complicated where it has batteries. And, well, that's awesome too, right? Add some batteries to it. That should uh, help it. So now we have this Ninja 400 that probably weighs 750 pounds. Uh, you want to be able to pick the thing up if it falls over somewhere. So I'm not a big fan of that. I don't see the point of the technology in a motorcycle that's the best way to get around with some reasonably good fuel mileage and uh, you know a little bit of fun left but i suppose the people that want to get better mileage are just like where can we take even more fun out of people's lives how can we take more joy out of people's lives and make them more miserable oh let's make motorcycles heavy and slow also like we're trying to do with everything else great that sounds awesome so that's what Kawasaki is doing. I'm waiting to see pricing and stuff on this thing, too. I mean, we can't have a Ninja 400 that's, you know, 12 grand. There's no point in that. So it wouldn't be any, because, you know, they're like $6,400 now. I was looking on the site. So there'd be no point in that. 
So again, you're going to double the price to get what? 10 miles to the gallon out of it? Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, well, it is the time of the show when we realize why we are not with Elon Musk living on Mars. And so today we go to Maine. Yes, home of Stephen King and home of, uh, well, Stephen King mainly. That's all that's there. And we're in Maine. And so this nice lady who also lives somewhere near Stephen King, presumably, see her boyfriend works down at the factory. You know, so he's at work and she's missing him. And the thing is, which is nice, right? To uh, But the thing is, how do you get to see your boyfriend more when you miss him and he's at work all the time? Well, and by the way, I want to say before this starts, the boyfriend didn't know anything about this. Okay, so she just goes ahead and says, you know what? I think my boyfriend needs a day off work. So what I'm going to do is call in a bomb threat at work. Yes, and uh, that will get him out of work today. So she picks up her personal cell phone and calls the police department, police, and says, hey, there's a bomb, uh, you know, at this factory where, you know, I don't remember the name of it. I should have wrote that down, and I would if I was a professional broadcaster, but uh, apparently I'm not. So either way, she calls up and says, look, there's a bomb. All right, and so they go over there and evacuate the place. And uh, I guess he calls and says, oh, there's a bomb or whatever. But I guess they searched it with bomb dogs or whatever. And in an hour, he was back at work. Oh, can you believe that? The gall of them to let him back. So she called another bomb. She goes, look, I've placed four more bombs in there since you let everybody back in. Well, this time they evacuated the place for the day. FBI, terror squads, SWAT team. Uh, everybody's coming in there, drones, dogs, you know, I don't know, turtles, everything. They took everything in there. He comes home and uh, because they let everybody go for the day. So he gets to spend the day at home. And um, while he's there, apparently they come and arrest her because um, I don't know anything about technology. But I guess it's pretty easy to track somebody down when they're calling from their own phone. And all they did, I guess, is locate where that phone was and went to it. And it turns out it was in her back pocket still because it was her phone. And she got arrested for making terroristic threats. That's a federal crime, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> FBI shows up and arrests her. I guess they have some kind of office in Maine. I don't know. Probably one dude sitting in there in a I picture an office from like the 60s. He's got a phone with those buttons for the different lines and stuff. They well, Hello, hello, uh, FBI, right? He finally gets a phone call. They arrest her. This is like a huge deal. So the thing, uh, the moral of the story is that calling a bomb threat into a company, usually not a great way to get people back home. You know, you, although you do get the day off, they, they kind of figure it out and if you're going to do this kind of stuff, which I don't really recommend, you may want to, you know, get a burner phone, um, use a pay phone. If you can find one, you know, some mail a letter that where you've cut those letters out of the newspaper and taped them onto a piece of paper. I don't know. Using your own phone and then having that phone with you is probably not the greatest idea. And hopefully this person will stay in jail and not be on Mars when I finally land there to, uh, to settle it with the first human settlement on the red planet. Well, I want to thank everybody for being here today on uh, Trucking Answers Podcast through your ear hole. And uh, Gracie appreciates you, although I don't see her anywhere. I think she might be crunching some crunchers. So uh, we'll be back. We'll be back soon. Be sure to check out, uh, you know, the old YouTubes there. We'll be doing some videos over there about stuff. 
And uh, the live show goes every Monday, 12.30 p.m. Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com. And we will see you on the next podcast.